Good day, good day, good day. Welcome to another episode, a thrilling, <laughs> uh, brewing episode of Coffee Conversations. Absolutely. Here we are. I'm Father David. I'm Deacon Bob. We're coming to you from uh, Concord, Ohio, mm-hmm. where it's uh, always, always good, always great. It's a little cloudy today. A little cloudy. Looking nope. out the windows, it's nice and warm in here. November. Yeah. All the uh, all the school kids just passed by in the buses. They're on uh, they're on break now. Yay. So hey, Thanksgiving break. Uh, it's all good. Thanksgiving. It's already here, right? Just about. What are you doing? What What do you have any Do you have any uh, Thanksgiving traditions? We do. Other than the normal things. We all get together. My son's coming in from Chicago. So okay. him and his wife are coming in with their dogs, and we'll just have a great time. It's great. It'll be nice having everybody all together. Yeah, yeah. So. Were you able to do anything last year? No. Pretty much. I don't, I don't think so. I think the last yeah. time they came in was like 4th of July. Mm-hmm. So, But last year was kind of tough. It was just right. tough. Right. So they've been married a year. So that would have been... Just like the Thanksgiving after they got married. Okay. So, so this will be the second. It'll be this, yeah. This will be great. Have How about you, you guys? What are you doing? Uh, just normal. Kind of down down in Akron with the family. Um, after We have Mass here in the morning uh, at uh, 9 in the parish. And then, yeah, just down. We kind of have a smattering of both sides of the family. And, um, you know, sometimes things change. You know, you have big family big family events kind of at some point in life and then it changes and mm-hmm. but it's all good it's it's um it's good to be with the people you're with i mean i think that's you know you rejoice in what you're given and rejoice in what's around you are you deep frying a turkey or what are you we doing you're not deep frying a turkey <laughs> i don't know if my brother's going to get his smoker out well see we're eating at 2 oh. so which which is which is i think is a good time it's mm-hmm. kind of like smack dab in the middle of the day yep but in order for my brother to get the smoker out, you know, it's like, it's a process. He would have to probably get up. He'd probably have to start smoking whatever at midnight. That's what my son-in-law smokes one. Yeah. And I think he's going to be up. He's got this one that automatically feeds these pellets into it. Oh, yeah. So it's pretty cool. It sounds, keeps it at the right temperature. Sounds pretty and, magical. Yeah. I'm impressed. It's like, wow. Have you deep fried a turkey, though, before? It, only once did we have a near-death experience with the oh, turkey yeah. frying. <laughs> did you uh, did you clean it off? Did uh, you ice it out? Well, one of my friends prepped it. We were doing like nine of them at a time. Oh, and she said wow. it's defrosted. Well, when we put it in, let's just say it was, it was Mount Vesuvius. <laughs> <laughs> Mount Vesuvius. It wasn't a good experience. It was near death. <laughs> yeah, I did have my annual tradition of um, of watching a firefight um, a fire department. You know, put a completely frozen turkey and uh, boiling water or boiling oil. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it's every not good every year, every every year, uh, a video comes across Facebook. Yeah, don't let this be you yeah. or the siding of your house or the garage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Have you have you ever um, turkey bowled? Done any turkey bowling? <laughs> you know, I've seen it on Fox Eight where they do uh, the turkey bowl, but yeah. no, have you? No, I. We were. I was. I was joking with uh, um, uh, Paula, who works at the front front office of the church. We wanted to have like a, we want to have like a, a staff kind of party thing. Uh huh. Where we oh, did, that would have been where fun. we did like some turkey bowling. Right. It would be fun. Well, I was trying to find, but they don't make any like fake turkey for bowling. I suppose we could we could we could we could buy a real for. But there's no like fake turkeys for turkey bowling. I feel like going onto Amazon. You could you, you could, could find, find one. one yeah. It's like it's got to be easy to, but 
Like the, on the one fake turkey I found on Amazon was like $80. So yeah, like, no. Well, <laughs> not that worth it. So, but, hey. Thanksgiving, it's good. We'll, we'll eat food. We'll enjoy. So what are you thankful for? What am I, what am I thankful for? I don't know. My, so many things. My life, my priesthood, my parish. Um, for turkeys. <laughs> for, <laughs> for food. I don't know. What are you? Um, I would say for my family, my mom and dad are back from Florida, so that's good. Daniel right. and his wife Kelsey are coming back, so that's really good. Right. And life here at the parish is just humming right along, so right. good things right. are happening. Yeah, that is one of those things. I mean, why do we take a day you know, to be thankful? Because sometimes we don't often take the time to do it, right? We can look at all the things that were easy to complain about and easy to fret about and easy... You know, whichever, mm-hmm. but to really be, to really be thankful, not just of you know the things we have, I mean, not even just the, of the things we have in our life. To be, I don't know, just even just be thankful of the basic things. Like, I'm alive. I am well. I have people around me. Yeah, I know. Sometimes when people are having a real poopy day, one of the best ways to get out of it is just start making a list of what you are thankful for. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my friends even said every night, just write on a post-it note what you're thankful for and stick it on the bathroom mirror. Yeah. So that in the morning you can remember, you right. know, right. how God's working in your life or the good things that are happening. Yeah, because we are visual, you know, mm-hmm. cre- we are visual creatures, right? With me, I know it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why my desk looks like the way it is. <laughs> yeah, as I, I'm looking at the Life is Messy book. Yes. Well, spoiler alert for our, our parishioners. Absolutely. So Matthew so, Kelly wrote a great book on life is messy, and he kind of shares his messiness. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it's good to be thankful. It's good to be thankful. We're um, going to get together, uh, like I said, at the parish on uh, Thanksgiving morning to celebrate Mass. And you know, uh, the word—I mean, Mass and Eucharist, which we celebrate. Eucharist is a word that means uh, that means Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Do you know why that is? I think it comes from the Greek. Right. But I can't remember what the Greek word is. Yeah. I didn't do very well in Greek. All I know is it came from yeah. the Greek. Yeah. And it means yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like this has been a part of our tradition. And, you know, why Why did the you know the early church choose this word to call it? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, think about that. Like the early church coming together. Like how these things just happened. I mean. They could have called it a lot of other things. Yeah. Why did they call it this? And this is, this is what we have. And But yet... It conveys the reality, you know, so so beautifully, that we celebrate, you know, the body and blood of Jesus, uh, of God's presence given to us, uh, and it's completely a gift. It's something, nothing we can we can earn or 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 just have created ourselves. It, and I, God and I, completely gifted it to us. And I think that's where our salvation comes, not from what we do, but from the gift that God gives us. Right. Um, and all we can do is say thank you. Right. Yeah, so today we're just kind of thinking, thinking of Thanksgiving, thinking of uh, you know the bishops. Uh, they usually have an annual meeting. So the USCCB, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, um, they have uh, committees and meetings and all kinds of things uh, throughout this last week. One of the things they were talking about was the need to um, talk about the Eucharist and talk about have a kind of a Eucharistic revival mm-hmm. within. Uh, the church within the next number of years. And there was a document kind of uh, put out on like uh, a renewal of the, of the mystery of the Eucharist uh, and different things. Because it really, I mean, it is 
if you had to place your finger on any belief that makes us uniquely Catholic, mm-hmm. it is our it is our belief in the Eucharist, uh, not just of the sacraments in general, but but, but the Eucharist. So we kind of want to just kind of thinking about that. We want to be able to anticipate that a little in a little way in in small ways, and we'll talk about the. This won't be the only podcast. <laughs> this will be kind of a smattering of mm-hmm. different ideas, and we'll go into things, but. But the other thing that we're thinking about this too is we've had um, sacramental conferences with uh, the parents of the kids who are going to receive first communion this year. So what's what's a little bit else? What's the idea kind of behind those? The idea is in the past we used to have the kids bring their journals to the parent meeting, and we'd ask the kid, "Why do you want to make receive your first communion? Let's look at your journal." Well, the the moms with crafting skills had really pretty journals yeah and then my kids would be like crayon coloring it was like (laughs) nah it's not going where we want so then the thought was well let's just meet with the parents because we're not just preparing the kids for first communion we're preparing the family to deepen their understanding of eucharist um so now we ask the parents you know are you in a valid marriage how could we help is anybody missing a sacrament how can we help yeah why do you want your child to receive First Communion? Have yeah. you gotten any interesting answers out of the why? Right. Yeah, so the, the, the meetings are really to kind of make a, a nice point of contact between people in our church, people in our parish, sometimes mm-hmm. people we don't we don't often see. They're a part of our programs, but we don't really have a chance to sit down and talk with them. And so we check on how preparation's going. And yeah, one of the questions we ask is, why do you want you know your mm-hmm. kids to receive uh, the sacrament of the Eucharist? And I remind them too, kind of in that, in the preface to that question, you know, at baptism, you know, we, the church asks like, I don't know, like two or three times, do you understand the responsibility? So baptism Mm -hmm. is a gift, right? First and foremost, it's gift of salvation, gift of God's grace, but it's something that needs to be lived and unpacked. So within the, within the, uh, within the baptism, right? We ask them like three different times, like, do you understand the responsibility that you have as Christian parents? to help this child live their faith. And everybody says, sure, we do. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Um, I normally add, that means like going to church and doing do, those kind of things. You normally add that? Or? Right. Doing the things. Well, I, I don't get super specific, specific, but you know, I, it's included in there. But yeah, I mean, it's a journey, right? We have to be living the journey. So one of the, uh, the answers I've gotten to this question um, why do you want your kids to receive the sacrament of Eucharist is that they have a good foundation, right? It's a good foundation for their, for their lives. What have you, what have you kind of heard from people? I've heard good foundation. Um, it's a tradition. Um, I like the foundation question though, because did you ever see a house that like they ran out of money and they just dug the basement oh, and really? that's all that's left there? No. It, there's a couple I've seen over my lifetime and it's like how sad they have a great foundation but there's nothing built on top but no house right and we're meant to live in a house yeah if you if you just have a a foundation is a really good beginning but like yeah where does it where where does it go from there well i know we had talked too and there's this balance between asking enough of the parents and pushing them over the edge or pushing them away Mm -hmm. so i know we had talked about you want to you want to invite right right and we don't want to judge, but we want to invite people to grow deeper. So I like the question of why do you want your child to receive their first communion? But then the deeper question is, what does Eucharist mean to you as a parent? 
You know, it's easy to send... As a parent, as a Christian. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's easy to send your kids to a sports event and sit on the sideline, but it's a lot harder to participate in the sports event with them. Right. And I think that's what we're trying to prepare the parents for, deepening their relationship with other people in the church and with God. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we go back to the question, why? Why do we do these things? What really is this, and what is what does the church uh, believe? You know, it's to say that the Eucharist is a good foundation is again a really good start. But then we have to ask, like, well, but what does that mean? What is it? What does it mean to have a good foundation as a as a human being? Because maybe that's different for <laughs> depends on who you ask, mm-hmm. you know, and and what they're going through and what their what their what their values are. And I would say a good found. I mean, what is the goal of the Christian life? To become a saint. Mm-hmm. Right. And saint meaning a person in heaven. A person in God. heaven, a person of, a person whose life is united to God's. Mm-hmm. That uh, there's the quote, you know, from John the Baptist, you know, less of, less of me, more of him. Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. <laughs> but less of, less of me, more of him, that we become who we're meant to be, which is someone who is holy. That's the goal. That's the goal of the Christian life. And so the Eucharist is given to us to help us to de- to be that to mm-hmm. do that it's the bread of life the food for the journey that it's a process of becoming closer to god right and sometimes that process is a long one <laughs> right right and i think i mean when it comes down to it so like what is, what is the eucharist uh it's not merely a symbol of jesus god's presence but it is the reality of god and his presence. Right. right. I mean, so at, at some point, I mean, we see the struggles that there's a lot of people that, that aren't coming to Mass uh, for, for this and that reason. There was a study put out, you know, that 30% of Catholics, you know, believe in the real presence uh, of the Eucharist. You know, just as, not to, again, not to be judgmental, but mm-hmm. just to acknowledge as a reality, this is, this is where we are. We have to ask ourselves, what do I really believe about this? And if it is what it is, should my life, you know, look different? I keep going back to, like, medical stuff. You know, if, if I receive the Eucharist, then my life should be reflecting that. Yeah. Um, if I take cholesterol medicine, I should probably cut down on the donuts. <laughs> yeah. But there's a constant struggle of knowing what I should do and doing what I don't want to do, but mm-hmm. do it anyways. Right. Um, I think that's where the tension is. And we even start Mass off with, I confess to Almighty God and you, my brothers and sisters, that right. that I have greatly sinned. That we're all admitting to our sinfulness, but trying to do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't realize the, all the sacraments of the Church, all of these ways that we pray, uh, baptism, Eucharist, confirmation, um, even you know, marriage and holy orders and anointing of the sick, all the sacraments of the Church bring about healing in some way. They're bringing about life in some way. They're connecting God's presence with our lives in a very tangible here and now sense. And so the Eucharist, it, it, is, a, it's an, it is an aid for those who are walking the journey, mm-hmm. those who, who, who struggle. And right, so at the beginning of Mass, we start with what kind of posture? I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. I have made mistakes. I'm not... And the reality is that none of none of us, no no person is worthy of themselves to receive the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. 
it's a, a complete gift that's that's given to us and then we're only made worthy because of God's presence and God's and God's love so that's kind of like just universal for every 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 person and mm-hmm. that's how we start mass and even before right before we receive the Eucharist you know what yeah. do we what do we say Lord I am not worthy and that you should enter under my roof mm-hmm. but only but you only say the word uh, and my soul shall be healed so uh, in a sense I mean and we actually believe that venial sins are forgiven through receiving the Eucharist. The so, Eucharist. so lesser sins. So we make a distinction in the church between venial and mortal sins so that there are greater and lesser sins. So, you know, our, our day-to-day sins, our day-to-day failings, if we're approaching receiving Jesus in the Eucharist with an open heart and authentically, means God's presence is going to be with us in a very real way. And we're going to receive forgiveness. And that's that's an important thing. That's that I don't know. Even just to acknowledge that is kind of a changing thing. Mm-hmm. That this isn't just you know a thing we do as Catholics to kind of make us look Catholic, but it's something that really is transformative. And I think there's two extremes. There is the extreme of I'm not worthy, so I'm not going to receive communion. Mm-hmm. And then there's the I'm really sinful, but I'm going to receive communion anyways. Right. So, how do we balance out our sinfulness? Yeah. And God's love yeah. and doing our best right. and asking forgiveness and asking the community to pray for me. And I ask you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a tightrope. And, right. and people are on the whole spectrum of responses to I'm not worthy to it doesn't matter. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. And, and with Catholicism, it's always it's 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 never extremes. No, you know, it, Catholic, virtue takes the middle path. <laughs> Catholicism is always, it's always in the middle in some way. That yes, none of us are worthy, but yes, all of us are called. I think the church is trying to wrap, um, you know, its mind around this too. You know, while the church's teachings never change, you know, they develop, in mm-hmm. the sense that, you know, the church te- church's teachings always are, but how they have to be explained to each and every generation might might uh, be um, nuanced, I suppose, in, in different ways. And I think the church is trying to try to articulate to our generation. And one of the one of the phrases they've um, that's been kind of kind of thrown around in, in news media and different places is this uh, term Eucharistic coherence. So what does that mean? So coherence means there's um, a similarity, you know, in some sense. There's there's not an equality, but you know, there's a coherence. It makes sense that these two things go together. And really, receiving the Eucharist is a, is a call to conversion for each one of us. Mm-hmm. That we have to ask ourselves, if the Eucharist is a gift to help make us holy and unite us to God, am I in my life striving to be holy and striving to unite my life to God? Striving to follow you know, the church's mission uh, and her teachings in the world. You know, whether we do or not, currently in the present moment, may or may not be of issue, but are we open to a, to the journey? Mm-hmm. And I think um, that's what becomes at issue when we talk about worthiness and, and all that. Are we open to more? Are we open to, to what God wants for us still? Or are kind of, we're, we're fine where we are, you know, and, and this, this is for all of us because we're all, we're all fallen. We all have our, our things that we struggle with. And the, the Eucharist is an aid uh, for us in the journey, but we have to be open too. Yeah. 
And I think I was thinking about this. We're doing the last uh, episode of The Chosen tonight of episode one, yeah. which was the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. And it talks about Jesus um, calling forth radical change. Right. Whether it's the veteran Catholic who's been receiving community communion for 50 years or the newbie Catholic who's received communion for like the first time that God's calling all of us to that that openness to change Um, and it's a lifetime struggle Mm -hmm. it's not a one and done kind of thing and if you're feeling unworthy to receive communion that's where Jesus sits and talks to the woman at the well and says you know I want you to be with me Mm -hmm. Um, I want to give you this this everlasting living water mm-hmm. but are we are we willing to take this step out and enter the journey right that's the hard part totally and i think that journey for the church has been going on now you're a young guy you're Rel- 29 relatively. i'm an old guy i'm 64 and watching how the eucharist has grown in understanding so back in the 70s, we didn't do adoration, yeah. and we didn't do a lot of, of Eucharistic practices. Right. But over the years, you can see adoration started off little, you yeah. know, and then we turned into like exalt, where now it's kind of praise and worship in adoration. And it's not that the church ever dissed the Eucharist. It's just the understanding, I think, has developed mm-hmm. and deepened. Yeah. So the fact that the bishops now are doing this Eucharistic Congress or focus on Eucharist, I just think it kind of reflects where are we in our understanding of Eucharist as a church. Right. So even Bishop uh, Cardinal Dolan said the bishops were kneeling and praying before the Eucharist. There was not so much meetings as there was praying, which I thought was profound. It's good. That's good. You know, it's um, right because we when we live in a chaotic time, uh, just in different ways, we want to we want to have something that's that's stable. We want to have something that's um, life giving and and fruitful. And I think this turn towards the Eucharist, uh, especially at a time when things aren't just chaotic in uh, in the culture, but things are chaotic in the church uh, and there's there's a struggle with the belief in the Eucharist doesn't mean that we abandon the belief it means we actually double down and like okay what are what do we actually believe in this mm-hmm. or what do we actually believe about this and and how can we enter into the gift of the eucharist more deeply and profoundly in our in our own life uh, that's my prayer for all parish leaders uh, for all priests um, that we we start doing this real real intentionally and then so we that can bleed into our our parishes and to our into our ministries and the life of our parishioners and uh, and everything because we need we need renewal we need revival. The question is where is that going to come from? I think in part from realizing what the Eucharist is. And I think the dangerous question is always, oh God, help me to understand the Eucharist better, yeah. which may be jolting sometimes as to well i don't like that idea <laughs> yeah but yeah. if that's what the church is is kind of setting out there it calls us to take one step further to right. what's god calling me to right all right well there's a little uh, smattering uh on the eucharist let's uh offer up a prayer uh, before we go in the father the son and holy spirit amen. amen good and gracious god we give you thanks and praise for the gift of this day 
Thanks and praise for the gift of our lives, uh, of uh, our church, of the sacraments, especially of the gift of the Eucharist, your presence, uh, your body and blood, um, really and truly present with us in our lives, offered to us out of love. We ask you to strengthen our faith today, strengthen our, our senses, to be able to see you and encounter you in, in all places, uh, particularly in and through your church, through your sacraments, and, and through the gift uh, of the Eucharist. Be with us and be with our families as we gather for Thanksgiving. Make our hearts truly grateful for all we have been given uh, so that we can live lives of peace and faith and joy, uh, spreading your gospel to all the world. We ask this all in your name. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. All right, everybody, enjoy Thanksgiving. Enjoy time with your families. Enjoy your turkey. Enjoy your uh, cranberry sauce, um, whether you have traditional sauce or canned sauce or uh, all that good stuff. Sounds good. And know that God loves you and wants to be part of your life. Amen. Amen. Thank mm-hmm. you.